Hi friends, and welcome to the She Lives Purposefully podcast, a place for you to be encouraged and equipped in your walk with Christ. I'm your host, Megan. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am so excited to be diving into 1 Timothy with you today. Today we are spending an entire episode on that oh so famous and controversial and hot topic passage of women in the Bible and God's role for them. And yeah, that famous passage about women not speaking or teaching in the church and what that means. Can women be pastors? Can they even speak in the church? We'll talk about all of that big time. And I'm so excited to dive in. I'm curious what you think about this study. I feel like my opinion or rather what I feel like scripture is saying to us is not necessarily a popular one. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think on it as we go through it, because I want you to hear full out everything that I'm saying and why I believe what I believe about this passage and why I believe this is what scripture is saying to that, to us rather. All right. So before we dive in, I want you to know too that while we will cover the majority of the study on the podcast, the full study is available for download in our shop. If you didn't know, each study that we do on the podcast actually has a digital study that goes with it. And this digital study comes with downloadable prints for every section, a background on the book, in this case, a background on on both Paul and Timothy, a section for notes and a prayer for every single study. You can get this study for $5 in the shop or, and this is really big, you can get this study and all studies for free as a She Lives Purposefully subscriber. She Lives Purposefully subscriptions are $5.99 a month, and in them you get access to all the digital studies, including our brand new First Timothy study, like I just said. You'll also get access to exclusive Bible reading plans for every single month, an exclusive 20% off shop discount that's reusable, and access to exclusive weekly bonus podcast episodes that air every single Friday. So go grab that study on the site or sign up as a subscriber to get that study for free. And I really recommend that, especially if you are somebody who loves to see see studies in front of you and write things down, take notes, and is kind of a visual person. I know that is the case for me. So go on and grab that. And before we jump in, I just want to say thank you so much for being here every single one of you listening means the world to me. I'm so thankful that you feel encouraged and equipped in your walk with Christ on this podcast, in this place. And two, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I read them all and legit for Spotify. Every time that number goes up, I notice. So thank you. When you listen, when you share, when you subscribe, and when you review the podcast, it helps the podcast to reach new women to encourage and equip them in their walk with Christ. And it helps the podcast to stay in the top 50 on Spotify's religion and spirituality chart, which is so wild. I can't even believe that the podcast is in that chart. It's been there since I think October. And every single day, I'm just expecting it not to be there. And it is. So thank you. That's just so incredible to me. All right. Without further ado, let's dive in. I am going to be reading this passage from the English Standard Version. And today, yes, I don't know if I mentioned the reference. I told you the topic, but we are reading First 
Timothy 2, verses 8 through 15. That's 1 Timothy 2, verses 8 through 15. Let's see here. I'm going to open up my page. I have it linked here in my notes, and this link is just not working for me. I usually have it written out in my notes for the podcasts, but I wanted to try this instead, and I think I'm learning that it's better to just have it written out. All right, so again, 1 Timothy 2, verses 8 through 15, and this is the English Standard Version, and it says this. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. What a passage in this hot-button passage. It's so important to read this passage, not only in the context of the chapter, which is crucial, but in the context of the book and in the Bible as a whole. Like I said, I don't think that my um, understanding of what the Lord is really saying to us in this passage is going to be a popular opinion. Um, but this is really from lots of research, from lots of studying, from really diving in. This is what I think God is saying to us. So let's, let's dive into this. And I want to say too, when I first was reading this and I think for years and going over this passage, I really felt almost offended reading this portion of scripture. I'm not even going to say almost offended. I felt offended reading this portion of scripture and I think I have had to really check myself and recognize that this isn't just a pastor's interpretation of what is being said that we're reading. This is the actual word of God. These are the words of God, you know, inspired by God, written by Paul in scripture. So I think it's just very um, important to remember that as we go through and know his heart in it as we go through this passage. All right. So first things first. Authority in the church has to do with order. Authority is not superiority. Authority does not mean that those in authority are closer to God. We have equal access to God. I have equal access to God as my pastor does, as his pastor does, as any pastor does, as any major public speaker does. We all have equal access to God. And two, men or women don't have a higher spiritual status. We see in Galatians 3.28 that we are all one in Christ. Authority doesn't have to do with our standing before God. So let's dive into church leadership. When it comes to church leadership, here scripture does say that men should be the ones teaching pastoral authority over a congregation. The passage Although this might be a hot take, 
is clearly stated. Often we hear that this passage is cultural or even irrelevant. So again, in reading passages like this, we need to understand what we're reading in context. So keep listening with me here. I want to make a note here too that this does not mean any man can be an authority. We'll see that in the next chapter, the requirements that God has for those in leadership. Here we see that in verse 8, the men who do lead should have holy hands, not be angry or quarreling. But let's let's dive in here to women teaching and in the church. Here the verses say that women in the church should be clothed with good works, dressed respectably, and modest with modesty and self-control. It also says that she should learn quietly. From this part of the passage, here's what we know. The examples of braided hair and jewelry, you see I'm wearing gold jewelry if you're watching on YouTube, are cultural. The message and the principle are not. We also know that learn quietly in the Greek more closely translates to learn peaceably. It's actually the same Greek word in, as peaceable in verse 2, if you go back and check that out. This verse is not at all saying that women should not speak in the church building. It's saying to not have vocal objections during a teaching or be contentious. We know this because, as we'll elaborate on, in other places in scripture, namely 1 Corinthians 11.5, women are given instruction for praying and speaking in the church. Paul is saying women can't have teaching authority in a church for the congregation. As we've mentioned before, the passage is clearly laid out. Any teaching by women in the congregation must be done in submission to the men God chose to lead the congregation. David Guzik says this, the teaching authority of the church is the role of qualified, called men. Again, this order is not due to closeness to God, but simply for order. And a really important note, this is not saying that women submit to all men. That's so important here. So again, just to reiterate all of that, this is saying that women can't have teaching authority in a church for the congregation. This is not saying that women can't teach, period, that women can't speak in the church, can't pray in the church. We see throughout scripture that those things do happen. <clears throat> All right. So if we're going to take this for what it's saying, you know, kind of a face value, we have to really see, does this fit into the context and the context of scripture? Paul shows us how what he's saying here isn't standing alone right at, right from the get-go. He roots it back to Genesis in verses 13 through 14. His four implies the connection between the two verses stating that the reason women can't teach is the order God set beforehand, creating man and then woman. Throughout the Bible, we consistently see God speaking to, through, and raising up men. We see this in scripture that notes that God is also raising up women. And when he does, it's so radical for the time. So it's incredible to see that he also raises up women as well. We definitely see prominent women and women close to God, but most leaders and spiritual leaders are male. In the next chapter, we see specifications for leadership that are specific to men as well. We don't see women leaders in this specific capacity in the church outside of this city and culture. So we know that this message 
or principle is not solely for the women in Timothy's church because we don't see it in other churches. We don't see other women leading in this capacity. This is something across churches and across cultures. So what about other women in scripture? What can women do? And as I was studying this passage and really trying to form like, what is God saying here? I heard a lot of teachers bringing up other women in scripture, prominent women in scripture, spiritual leaders in scripture to kind of combat that this specific verse, this passage was very cultural, just specific to this church even. And I have to say that I disagree. Women can use our gifts and callings on our lives. God's calling on women's lives and God's word cannot contradict. Friend, women can teach, they can pray, they can prophesy. However, women don't have just teaching authority over the church congregation. Here are some women in the Bible that many people bring up to say that this verse is outdated, but I want to bring it up to show you that these women in scripture don't actually contradict this verse at all, but also to be an encouragement to us to see all that women can do in Christ. In the Old Testament, let's dive in. We have Miriam. Miriam in Exodus 15, 20, we see that she is a prophetess. In a culture where women were not elevated, it's profound to see that God uses and chooses Miriam in this way. Deborah. Deborah is found in Judges 4 and 5. Deborah is also a prophetess who went into battle. She's a judge over Israel, and God spoke to her and used her to lead Israel into victory. That is so huge. A judge, a prophetess, and led God's people into a victory in battle. Hulda. Hulda's story is in 2 Kings 22, and this is not someone that we usually think of when we think of women in scripture. She was a prophetess during the reign of King Josiah, and she's actually used by the leaders. What's profound about her being used by the leaders at the time is that during this time, Jeremiah and Sephaniah were also prophets. So the Lord is using women and men as prophets, as leaders spiritually in this way. Joel 2, 28 through 29 states that sons and daughters will prophesy and God's spirits will be poured out on women as well as men. In the New Testament, we see multiple women as well who are in some sort of leadership or, you know, really active in the church. Priscilla in Acts 18, we see that Priscilla and Aquila, a husband and a wife, taught Apollos. Paul greets them both in 1 Timothy 4 and in 1 Corinthians 16, 19. They are usually mentioned together in relation to the work in the ministry that they do. And often, very notably, Priscilla, the wife, is mentioned first, which again is very noticeable in this culture. Two, we see that Jesus revealed himself and his resurrection to women first. And told them to go and share the news. They're supposed to go and basically preach this news, preach the gospel. That's in Matthew 28, verses 5 through 8, Mark 16, 1 through 8, Luke 24, 1 through 8, John 20. So he, you know, he reveals this to women first, and then he tells them to go and share the news. Then we also see Lydia, Chloe, Nympha. These women are active in the church, and they open up their homes for church use. That's in Acts 16, 1 Corinthians 1, and Colossians 4. Phoebe. In Romans 1, Phoebe is a deacon or servant in the church who is being commended. 
And then we have Philip's daughters in Acts 21. We see that Philip's four daughters had and used the gift of prophecy. Friend, women can be apostles, prophetesses, involved in the church, teachers to other women, teaching one-on-one, opening up their homes, missionaries, preachers of the gospel. Women are needed in the church. Jesus does raise women up, unlike the culture in the day. Jesus allowed women into his inner circle, taught women directly, protected women. Jesus allowed women to be the first to see him resurrected and to be the first to begin to tell the world. In this passage in 1 Timothy, men for order and not for importance or closeness to God are simply placed in the role of teaching authority over a church congregation. So I hope that that kind of study was helpful for this passage. I am not at all here to say that in our culture, this is an easy passage to read and to accept, like I confessed early on in this episode. This is something that I myself have struggled with, honestly, a ton. Like I said, even in just reading it, I found myself offended and had to remember this is the word of God. This is not an opinion piece. This is the word of God. And as I began to really study and dive in and see, as we really explained here, this passage isn't something that's cultural. This is a theme that we see kind of all throughout scripture. All of these women that God uses mightily are not in this specific position of teaching authority over a church congregation. Um, and two, that Paul in writing this connects us right back to Genesis. So I hope that this is a helpful thing to dive into. Again, I know it's not a popular opinion in today's culture, but um, I really think this is what the Lord is saying to us in this passage. I would love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to email me on it and we can dive into this and discuss this all in love. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Friend, I hope and pray that this episode was an encouragement for you today. And yeah, have a fantastic rest of your day. Friend, live purposefully, live for Jesus. I love you.